0: Lessons from a drying brook, 1 Kings um, 17, verses 2 through 8. Elijah was very courageous to do what he did, to find the king, to find him, and then stand in front of him. How How did he gain access to the king? Well, the Lord was with him, and if the Lord sends you on a mission, my daddy used to say, God don't ever make a bill that he don't pay and, and that's the way, if he called Elijah to do something, he provided for the way. And so in great courage, uh, he, he made his long travel from Gilead to Samaria and all of the stress that was on him and finally found the king to deliver. The, the most serious message one could think of, the message was this, it's not going to rain again in the northern kingdom until I say so. What a message. Now, of course, implied in the message was the word of Yahweh is coming and Yahweh is not pleased with what you are doing in the land as the leader and where you and Jezebel are leading the people. So um, he he delivered this uh, heavy message to the king. And we saw in James chapter five over here, uh, I'm clicking back and forth between Bibles, my Hebrew, my Greek Bible, but here he prayed. Uh, he prayed fervently. That's a, one translate. He prayed fervently for this rain to stop. Now Jezebel was already known for her hatred of the prophets of Yahweh. We're going to find on, on let's see, on down here in 1 Kings eighteen that she had uh, that she had. Pr- Devised a plan and had had committed a project to uh, to kill all of the prophets of Yahweh. So in this prof in this uh, project to kill the prophets, uh, she forced them to hide in caves. Again, that's all down in First Kings eighteen. Now, you can imagine if she was that mad at a lot of prophets that she'd never really been that close to, how angry was she with Elijah? So he delivers the word of Yahweh to Ahab here, and the Lord very graciously after this directs him to a a secret hiding place while God would measure out his judgment on the northern kingdom of Israel so let's look at this. Uh, let's look at uh let's look at part of verse 2 here. Um in 1 Kings 17. Uh, and the word of Yahweh came to him saying, uh, okay, let's stop there. The word of Yahweh came to him saying. All right, let's go back to James 5 again. We were told in James chapter 5 over in the New Testament who who is describing Elijah, and he's using Elijah as, a, as an illustration. He tells us that Elijah, the Holy Spirit through James, tells us that Elijah wasn't any different from you or me. He had the same passions. He had the same emotions. He had the same makeup that you and I have. Uh, he could get angry. He, he could fall in love. He could be jealous. Um, all, all, the, the gamut of emotions. He was like us. So he was an impassioned man like we are. He has passions. He had passions like we do. He had a nature like ours, but he was a justified man, the Bible says. He was a righteous or a justified man. So he could get hurt by somebody. He could laugh. He could cry. He could show himself to be strong. He could collapse in weakness. We'll see this. We'll see this as we study Elijah. He could get angry. He could be disappointed in people, frustrated with people, and he could even be afraid. He didn't have to go searching for the word of God. It came to him. What's great? And uh thinking of this passage here, he he couldn't have known in his own thinking, in his own wisdom, what to do next. What do I do next? I delivered the, I've delivered the message. Yahweh is always on time with his plan. Not going to confuse us. Just going to take us right to the next thing. Somebody asks you, well, "What am I going to do?" Well, I'm going to do the next thing. That's what I'm going to do. And if we trust the Lord, He'll reveal it to us. And it came to him. Very soon, Elijah's own strength would fail him. Okay, the um, the physical and emotional stress of his task would be more than just within himself he could bear. His appointed work was great. This was, and when I say great, I mean cumbersome. It was heavy on him. And the only way he could survive this thing was by having guidance and direction from God in the hand of God to be upon him. Well, that's the way God's people are. Now remember, the Bible says here that he's like us. Uh, so we're like him and you and I are facing a a difficult situation right now. But God knows, God knows where we are. Was it out in the middle of a field somewhere? Was it at the, was it in Samaria? Where, you know, Elijah came upon the king. The Lord knew where the king was, knew where Elijah was, and now he knows what Elijah needs next. Elijah doesn't even have to ask for it. Look back at this passage of Scripture. uh, And the word of Yahweh came to him, saying, Now the word of God has within it our promises, our comfort. And we can be in dire straits. And we can be what the world would think of as is, is facing desperation. But I'll tell you something, the Word of God is always there, and the Word of God is such that there is, there is a circumstance, there is a character, there is a place, there is a story in the Bible that will cover whatever I'm facing. I'm just telling you, I've been there for a long time, many, many decades, and I can tell you how active and alive the Word of God is. The Word of God is God carrying on a conversation with you, with His born-again believers, with His elect, today with His church. When you look in the Bible, you'll find all sources of comfort, <laughs> regardless of what your needs are. God is there to strengthen you in, uh, in His Word. So look now, let's keep looking at the, what does God say? What's the next thing uh, for Elijah? Yahweh says, verse three, get away from this place and turn yourself eastward and hide. (laughs) I like that part. Hide. Go and hide. Now, what does he say? He says, go and hide yourself eastward by the brook Karit. Uh, which flows upon and into the Jordan River, the Jordan, which flows into the Jordan. So there's a little, there's a little brook out there, a creek, a brook, in the in the wilderness, maybe in the midst of a lot of foliage and and trees and bushes. Maybe you know, and he could something like a cave nearby. He could hide there. Go and hide yourself by the eastward. The Jordan River flows, you know, it flows into the Jordan River. So the Jordan River is being fed by this. Now, what's what was the judgment? No rain or dew for for. It turned out to be three and a half years. So how is Elijah going to get water? Well, he puts him by an active stream of water, a brook, a creek, uh, that feeds into the Jordan River. So he says, hide yourself. Now, if you look beyond into the next several verses, you'll see that God is carrying Elijah into a great spiritual battle. His first battle was with the king, in that he had to stand and pronounce judgment to the king. The next thing is he's leading him to a battle of uh, of Jezebel's religion, a a place called Carmel. And when he gets there, it will be no doubt it'll be his finest hour, and we're going to study that uh, in a time to come. In his service to Yahweh, it'll be the apex, the mountain experience, the mountaintop experience. But before he can aspire to that high place of spiritual battle, having been somewhat exhausted through what he had just gone through, okay, he has to be brought low and quiet before God. Well, we have that opportunity now, don't we? We're, we're locked in our houses. What? Well, You know, God has a purpose for everything. Maybe this is the purpose for my life, to get low and quiet before God because there is a great thing next that I'm to do in service to the Lord. You know, the only way we can deal responsibly in our minds and in our hearts with what we're going through right now, and yesterday the president told us that it was going to be longer than it was before. It's extended by a couple of more weeks. This gets to this gets painful. People are not working. Um, people need sustenance. Uh, people need activity. And you know, even the Bible says it's not good for man to be alone. But God has designed this in his purpose and this is the only way we can receive it for our good. That's what the Bible says. It's all for our good. So how am I going to get good out of this? I'm going to come low and quiet before God. He's led me through a lot of stuff and it's time for me to get low and quiet before him. Have a conversation with him. The book of Hebrews says that his word is living. The word of God is alive for the child of God. Now the world can't understand that. People who are not born again believers cannot understand the thrill and joy of conversing with God in his word. They don't understand it. But I can tell you, I can assure you from personal experience and from the testimonies of dozens, if not hundreds of other Christians through the years that I've spoken with, you can read the Bible all the way through. And you can be so overjoyed because there was a message there that was prevailing that God wanted you to see. And then you can start all over again and God has a greater and another and a bigger and a deeper message for you and you'll see it differently than you saw it before. Even when you look at something like David killing Goliath or something that we've all learned since childhood, when you keep reading it, every time you read it, it's just something different. It applies itself differently to my life. It strengthens me in another way that I needed so uh, so that's how the Bible interacts with us. That's how the Word of God interacts with us. And sometimes we have to be brought low and quiet before God, and that's where we are. Let's accept it as that and use it as a time to immerse ourselves in the Word of God and in prayer and in seeking the Lord and be ready for whatever it is He has next for us. Well, this is where uh, Elijah is uh, because... Elijah is learning that in the service of God, we have to learn the value of a hidden and quiet life sometimes. And so that's where we find ourselves, just like Elijah did here uh, in this account. You know, if I would say this, I told you, Elijah is headed to Mount Carmel, where he's going to defeat the prophets of Baal. the, The greatest thing in his ministry But before, listen, before he can enjoy the high place with God, he has to take the low place before God. It's a lesson for us to learn. Right now, we're in that low place. Hey, let's learn the lesson. Let's be strengthened with it and emerge from this in a greater way. That the, oh God in heaven, that the church might be stronger more evangelistic, more meaningful, more, more, more in depth and greater, a, a, a greater uh, preservation like salt in the world than we were before, a greater light in the world than we were before. Help us to learn these lessons. The church has the answer for everybody. So it's like, it's like Yahweh is saying to Elijah, you know, you've done a good job, Elijah, now go hide yourself. And just listen. Listen for and to the word of God. You know it was on Elijah's mind. Well, I've done the work of of Yahweh. I've, I've done the work that he sent me to do. Now what? Nobody in the world, in Elijah's world, had the courage to do what Elijah had done, to deliver the straight word of Yahweh to the sinful king who the Bible says was more evil than any before him. Ahab, who had a Baalite Baalite, priestess for his queen. It's unthinkable. But now he had to have patience to wait on the Lord. Sometimes that's hard. Sometimes, Sometimes God tells us, puts us in a place where we have to be patient. So you see, I'm thinking ahead here. He wasn't to initiate anything on his own. He had to have God. He had to have God. So now is the time to hide and wait. That's where we find ourselves. So he shouldn't get too full of himself, just know that it's all of the Lord. He shouldn't try to instigate any plan on his own, just as the old song says, trust and obey. Uh it's, it's like Yahweh was saying, okay, you've done your part, now let me work. So what happens while he's hiding at the brook called Kerith that flows into the Jordan River that's giving him water that he needs that other people are going to run out of? Here's what Yahweh's doing. He's sending a drought. He's drying up the place. The rain clouds are not coming. No dew in the morning. So no rain nor dew. Until Elijah says so by the will and word and 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 purpose of God. Now here he is, here he is by this brook. And the brook is the brook is getting smaller. (laughs) There's a drought. The brook is getting smaller. And Lijah's faith is getting bigger. So you can imagine, I'm thinking here of this passage and thinking of how he had to have this patience to wait on the Lord, shouldn't get too full of himself. Maybe he puts a little stick up every day where the boundary of the brook is and he gets up the next morning and he notices that, hey, the brook is a little smaller than it was yesterday. There's not as much water coming in here. As there was yesterday, he gave Elijah plenty of time to ponder how faithful he was upon the Lord. And Elijah was also given, in all of this, he's also given the opportunity to ponder the greatness of God, to stop the rain and the dew for three and a half years, to dry up everything. Man, this is really something. This is really something. How desperate it must have been to those people who were worshiping Baal and doing all those wicked and evil things in the land that displeased the God of Israel. Elijah could not add one drop of water to the brook. He could not even provide his simplest and most basic needs He couldn't do anything for himself. So he could only depend on the greatness and goodness of God. You see, in service to the Lord and as the people of God, we not only have to have the courage to do what God sends us to do, but we also have to have the patience sometimes to go and hide in Him. So... God would take Elijah here, I'm thinking of the whole context, he would take him one step at a time. The word kerith, it's the brook called kerith. The word kerith means the place of separation. There's nothing wrong with coming to those times to hide ourselves in the place of Separation to be emptied of ourselves so that we can be filled with God. He gives us what we need for the moment, i.e., the manna in the wilderness. The manna was given daily, but it couldn't be stored. It couldn't be kept, but it was always there. God just requires that we trust Him. Just have faith. Just have faith. That is the simplest and easiest of things. People get in such an uproar today. They want to work and add things. They think they can add their power to the power of God. It's not going to happen. God will do himself what he will do for his people and according to his purpose in this world. So Elijah really, he doesn't know it, but he's headed to Carmel. God knew it. Elijah didn't know it. But he couldn't go to Carmel until he had passed through Kerith and then a place called Zarephath. So let's look now at, uh, I guess, the next would be verse 4, I guess. Okay. And it will be, this is Yahweh still speaking with Elijah. And it will be that you shall drink from the brook. God provided for him. Everybody else is going to run out of water, but he's in this special place where there is a special rich flow of water that goes right into the Jordan, although it's drying up a little bit every day. You shall drink from the brook. Now get this. This is Yahweh. And I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. Wow. Wow. Okay, I, man. Where? There. Not in Gilead. Don't go back to Gilead. I haven't commanded the ravens to feed you there. Don't stay where you are. I haven't commanded the ravens to feed you there. Go to the brook that is called Kerith, the place of separation. And I have commanded the ravens to feed you There. Oh, man. Not, not in Samaria. Not even in the grand capital of Samaria. Not even at the vast and beautiful Jordan River that had all of its historical background for the people of Israel. Not even there. Not on the shores of the Mediterranean. No. A simple place, a brook called Kerith. Place of separation. There, nowhere else but there. All is well for Elijah as long as he is where God tells him to be. The brook was a simple place, a simple task for Elijah. Just rest, be quiet, be still, listen for and listen to God. There'll be enough water for you Its supply was there, though though faulty in a drought. Now, ravens were unclean. Now, I'm thinking about this. Ravens were unclean birds. They were birds of carrion. You're telling an unclean bird to bring, well, he was bringing what was all right for you to eat. Elijah, don't ask questions. Don't ask questions. Don't overthink the issue. Have faith. Just have faith. Don't question the wisdom and guidance of God. Never. Just go where God tells you to be. There is your water supply. There is the brook that will provide your water. There, the ravens will bring you bread and meat. There. Elijah was thirsty. All he had to do was get a cup in his hand and just reach in, take a drink out of the brook. Twice daily like clockwork, the ravens came with his food. <laughs> Constantly being reminded that God had not forgotten him. God knew where he was. The rest of the world didn't know where he was, but God knew where he was. So he's Okay as long as he is there. So, the question that begs the question with regard to our service to the Lord, are we where God wants us to be? Well, his success is seen in this next verse. Here is why, to this point, Elijah was successful. Verse 5. So he went and did according to the word of Yahweh. For he went and stayed by the brook Kerith, which flows upon and into the Jordan. as long as he was there. So it goes on. It says in verses five, and in, in, in verse, uh, what? I don't have verses like y'all do, but I see them over here. Uh, healing did according, I went to that. The next, phrase, well, I guess is verse six. And the ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat In the evening and from the brook he drank. Oh, man. The glorious provision of the Lord is always enough. Actually, in a time of drought, it was was quite extravagant for him to have meat and bread twice a day and all the water he could want. Two meals a day. Water whenever he needed it. Even though the brook was drying up, even now listen, even though the brook seemed to be drying up, the source of supply for Elijah was infinite and boundless. We shouldn't fret over a drying brook in service to the Lord. Now let's 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 finish this out with uh, verses. Well, the next, what is that? Verses, verse seven, and I'm going to the next part as well. And it came to pass after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. All right, brook dried up. What happens? just when the brook dries up. And the word of Yahweh came to him, saying, Arise, go to Zerifit. Wow. Just then, just then, the word of the Lord came to him. Sometimes we're called to sit beside a brook that is drying up. But behind that drying brook is a is a river of life that never runs dry. Just when we need friends of encouragement and support, God sends them. Just when we need help in a special way, God knows. And provides it. Look at this. When the brook dries up, then the word of Yahweh came to him. Now it says here, I'll, I'll, I'll move along a little bit ahead. Arise, go to Zerifit, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. Look, I have commanded a widow there among the, of the women, a widow to provide for you there. There's that word again. God's already way ahead of him. Now, the situation is going to be a little different but it's still going to have the same result, going to do exactly what God intends to do, namely, provide for Elijah. And in that provision, give a blessing to the one who is there to whom Elijah is sent as well. You can't expect that the widow's bread would come to you. You can't expect... Let me put that another way. You can't expect... Um, that bread from an empty barrel in the house of a widow and oil from an empty cruise, you can't expect that to come to you until you've seen the brook dry up. Then you can expect the word of the Lord to come. The word of the Lord, the way of the Lord, it'll come. Because Kerith, Kerith had prepared him for Zerifit, a lonely, poor widow with a sick son, and while while Kerith prepares him for Zerifit, Zerifit prepares him for the great battle of Carmel that is coming. And the strength that is gained at Carmel will finally help him look for the whirlwind and chariot of fire that will take him home. Well, that's part two of our, of our lesson in Elijah. I hope there's something there that you can apply to your life in, uh, in these days. Let's pray. Father, we love you. God, are we sitting at the brook that is called Kerit? We know you'll provide for us there if you've appointed it for us. Father, is, is the barrel of, of flour empty? Is, is the cruse of oil dry? It's never empty and it's never dry. We know, Lord, when those things are in your hands. Give us strength and faith, and when we finally emerge from this this, that we're facing today, oh, Lord, take us to the next great level of service that we might explode into this world in the power of the Holy Spirit, calling others to Christ and worshiping you in a, a deeper and more significant and special way eager to learn your word and follow the path to which you've called us. Lord, take care of Shiloh and all of our families. Keep us from sickness. Keep us, Lord, in our health. Bless those who are sick. Father, we are mindful of the virus that spreads across the world. God, we pray that very soon you'll see fit to put an end to it. But as we move through this time to that time, all of our faith is in you.